0: You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast. Interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Well, Jamie, welcome to Real Faith Stories. It's wonderful to have you on the program.
1: Thank you so much, Brian, for having me.
0: I would love to find out about your backstory in the banking industry, which is where you used to work, and a major transition you had out of that into the company you started ten years ago.
1: thank you, yes, so I was working for at the time it was the second largest bank in the world. I believe it's now number one, but I was doing investments and you know sales and just all the corporate banking e stuff. <laughs> I was licensed, securities licensed, just all those things. And it took my husband and I about five years to get pregnant. And so when we finally found out we were going to be parents, I didn't want to do the the working mom thing, corporate working mom thing. So I came home and about two and a half years into full-time motherhood. I knew that I had to build something and and do something. We had two major struggles. One was the financial struggle of I had given up a huge salary. My husband was a full-time teacher and wrestling coach. And you know, I think our take home was like $1,800 a month (laughs) here in Colorado. That's not a lot. And so there was the financial struggle of, is my debit card going to decline at the checkout? And when is the utility company going to call me again, finding out where their payment is, you know,
0: you're really living in that space.
1: Totally. And then there was the, the internal soul struggle of knowing there's more. I, I was so, I loved, I loved, I mean, motherhood is, a calling and it's a full time job, you know, calling. And I loved that, but I knew that I could create solutions for our financial situation. And I wanted to teach my kids, I wanted to give them an environment where they could live outside the box. And so, between the depression as a postpartum mom and the financial struggle, and knowing that there was a solution out there that I could create, I literally just went to bed one night bawling my eyes out and crying out to God and just said, God, show me a billion dollar idea so that I can change the world and and leave a legacy for my family.
0: Let me pause and ask you something about Mm -hmm. that night you went to bed. Mm -hmm. You're crying your eyes out. You're sincerely asking God for this billion dollar idea. So I've got to ask, was that something you felt that the Lord dropped into your heart to pray? Or was it one of those, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to have a billion dollar idea.
1: <laughs> I believe that the Lord put that there because it would have been just as easy to ask for a million dollar idea. Sure. And now understanding the kind of wealth it takes to create the kind of impact I want to make, I believe he, he planted that there. And so I didn't understand it all then. But now I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness I went big in the beginning.
0: <laughs> so what happened when you went to bed? And when you woke up.
1: Yeah, so we went to church on uh, that Sunday and our pastor actually stopped the sermon and he he just came to the edge of the stage and looked around and said, this has never happened to me before. But the Lord just spoke to my heart and said that there's a stay at home mom here who he wants to give a billion dollar idea to. So get ready for it.
0: No way. <laughs> yeah, I love so, that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was like, you know, in all of my mess, I just remember being like, God, just whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. And whatever you give me, I'll be faithful with it. Just show me because I don't want to throw my life against the wall and hope something sticks. You know, I want to do what you've put me here for and I want to take my family along with me in this. So that was the beginning. And then I had a dream not too long after that. And I saw this blueprint and it was like a, it was like watching a movie. You know, I saw myself pouring these giant vats of oils and these purple flowers and MIG came up out of these oils and when i woke up i told my husband nathan i said i'm going to start a skincare company <laughs> so
0: wow how much time passed between the time that the pastor came to the stage and gave that word and you had this dream
1: it was within a, a week a little less than probably 2 weeks
0: this dream gave you some very specific information Mhm. And you woke up and you said to your husband, "I'm going to start a skincare company." What was kind of involved in that conversation? What were the details?
1: Well, my husband was like, "Go babe, you know." And so I I remember calling my mom and being like, "Hey, we have to um go find a bunch of books cuz I don't know anything about formulation." And so my husband has been so supportive along this journey, and now he's he actually runs our entire operations and he's the COO. The, the conversation was just basically like, okay, go babe. you know. And so for me, it, it came down to what do I need to do to formulate that first product? Mm-hmm. I had failed chemistry in high school. And, and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I grabbed books on chemistry and naturopathic healing and herbal alchemy and herbal medicine and just studied for a year and formulated our first product within a year and hit the ground running from that point on.
0: What does MIG stand for?
1: Stands for So we have the internal dialogue, which is Mighty and God. That's internal facing. And then we are not an overtly faith-based company. We serve people from every walk of life. So our, our brand is Mighty and Good.
0: And that was given to you in your dream?
1: Yep. M-I-G was right there. It's like came up out of the oils.
0: Incredible. What I love is that you took a year to put yourself in a position to understand the next step and to work yourself toward that. It wasn't one of those things where you just got up and said, okay, let's start something right now. Let's pull out the buckets and let's pour some stuff in it and see what happens. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I don't, I don't tell this part of the story too much, but I actually went to Hobby Lobby and I just filled my cart with all this like soap base and I got to the checkout and the Holy Spirit said, there's a better way. And I was like, okay, I'm doing this from like ground zero scratch. So I put everything back because you can go buy like soap kits, you know. I think that's where people miss it too is they they cut corners and they they, I mean, they're not asking the right questions necessarily. And so they miss the excellence process. Mm. And that's so key in building a foundation is getting your product right.
0: What was it that prompted you to... Go down that path of I'm going to take my time. I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to
1: study. Because I saw it was like the vision I had. And this is where, you know, God's waiting for your yes. And then you begin to have discernment in the process. And He says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And so as I'm studying these principles about the human body and about, alchemy and all the chemistry-speak stuff. Mm -hmm. I was coming alive in this knowledge, and it was like the Lord was giving me grace to learn and absorb, and I was excited about this discovery process. So, I think that's real indicative of being on the right path, is I was coming alive and being awakened to this part of me that I didn't know was possible, but I was enjoying the learning and discovery process. I couldn't wait to create a product that just knocked people's socks off. <laughs> you know.
0: What was the product you first created?
1: It was a spearmint oatmeal bar of soap.
0: Tell me what happened with that.
1: Yeah, so I um I literally I I poured the bar. It takes six weeks to cure a bar of soap. Um, so it's kind of a a whole process there. But once it was all cured up, I chopped it up and handed it to friends and family and just started getting phone calls. Like this is the best bar of soap I've ever used. And I, I really was, I think like I was creating from this place of this has to be unique and it has to be marketable in a, in a unique way. Cause I wasn't just studying product. I was studying the marketplace. Like what are other natural skincare companies doing out there and what's, what's working. And so I wanted to be different. And so I was pushing boundaries with my chemistry and doing things and my, formulations that that I wasn't seeing anywhere else and so but it was exciting and then at that point it's like okay this this is a great first step I don't have a website I don't have any pretty packaging I just have some stilettos from the chase days so I grabbed my my briefcase and my soaps and my stilettos and I was walking up and down the streets of Denver and Colorado Springs you know walking into stores and talking to owners and buyers and building a local following for that first year in the wholesale retail model Mm -hmm. and grew pretty fast from that point and then jumped over into farmer's markets and did that for four years.
0: During this first four years, did you see the needle moving much?
1: So wholesale retail was kind of like, man, it was hard to have a profit. You know, like volume is everything. And so I just thought, and I didn't get to control the experience of the customer my customer were these stores and I thought I don't really even know what the, the, what my person really wants truly. Mm -hmm. And so the farmer's markets that first year was like proof, not just proof of concept, but it was going back to the drawing board because I would talk to thousands of people over the course of a summer and get people asking for like, Hey, I've tried everything. I've, I've spent all this money. Nothing's working. Can you help me? Can you solve my problem? And so for me, it was like, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I would go back to the drawing board. Remember Nathan would come home from teaching and coaching and we would do dinner and put the kids to bed. And my day would start. And it was back in my little lab, like at my kitchen table or with my chicken scratch notes of like, where's the solution for this problem? And I had people telling me, you know, natural products don't work and all the naysayers. And so. Um, that first year at markets was really about like market research and proof of concept on a whole new level. And so within a year, I had 95% of people coming back saying, I've tried everything. I've literally been to every expert. I've spent hundreds or thousands of dollars and your stuff is like three days of using your product or a week or a month of using your product. We had Olympic athletes coming, you know, up, An hour drive from Colorado Springs from the training center Mm -hmm. to buy out our products because they were performing better. Like it was working. I think part of any success is learning how to ask the right questions. And I was constantly asking the right questions of is this, um, is this a long term foundation? I would launch products that nobody wanted to buy and I'd realize, oh, shoot, like it's not about, just having nice smelling things. I need to really tap into the needs of the marketplace Mm -hmm. because ultimately in business, you know, if we're not, if we're not making profit and if we're not serving people with the products that they want, then that's why we have a lot of failing businesses. They're not asking the right questions.
0: I bet that's something you would love to speak into the ear of every entrepreneur.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. But if, you know, back to your question of you know, did it just take off? It was, my success has been very incremental, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, glory to glory. And I think that's where people look at success and they think, oh, that person started out with success. And when you're doing it God's way, it starts with being faithful in the little things. It's like, learn how to make a really good bar of soap, learn how to speak the language of your customer And grow from there and be faithful. And all those tiny little things where we can cut corners and skip the process and try to make a quick buck. But it really is about being faithful. And then He's faithful to amplify. That's when you start getting the super on the natural, you know, when He can trust you with what He's given you.
0: Incremental growth over year after year. Mm Mm-hmm. Faithful to do the little things, to do the best you know how, mm-hmm. and then what about the moments? And there, were, I would suspect there were several where you wanted to just stop, or mm-hmm. was this always? Hey, I'm just going to keep going.
1: It's funny because I I look at like the the soul versus the spirit. Like sometimes you're at war with each other. My spirit has 100% always been convicted. And Nathan's too, like we were always together and unified in the vision. We we knew that this was from the Lord, Mm -hmm. but in your flesh, we're in situations oftentimes where Nathan's he's out there getting like landscape projects so we can buy groceries. And we're like taking every single penny we have and putting it back into a business. That's not really producing much profit at this point. And the questions would come like, how long are we going to do this Jamie? How long are we going to do this, God? Of everything we have. I mean, we watched friends buy new cars, buy bigger houses, go on vacations and Nathan and Jamie are like buying soap equipment, you know, or essential oils. Like we're not
0: And you're waving goodbye as they fly right. away, right?
1: And it was like and Nathan would get so like, okay, I I just spent like I just worked seven days in a row for like a month to do these landscaping and I've got a full-time job mm. and I, we've got more essential oils, but what is this producing <laughs> in our finances? And we would have to have real raw conversations about the price we were paying and are we making the right decisions? And we always came back to yes, but those were hard, hard days and heart like raw moments. I mean, there were tears, tears. And there were times that I did make mistakes. I mean, if you're not failing forward, you're not really learning and you're not really six, su- you know, growing into success. And so I would have to go back to Nathan with my hat in my hands and be like, I'm sorry. I, uh, I made a mistake, but because we were always so open in the process and Nathan's just, he should be the one being interviewed because he's the most gracious, amazing man mm. and <laughs> patient person. But, um, But it was definitely a raw process.
0: What you kept going back to was True North, which was the vision God Mm -hmm. gave you, even Mm -hmm. in the midst of these raw conversations and having very little money to do regular life, I put in air quotes, (laughs) the, uh, the vision kept you going.
1: Yeah. And I think that one thing that people don't recognize is that there's always a price to pay. Whether it's the price of mediocrity or the price of pursuing vision. Um, and so we would always come back to if we don't do this, then what else is there? What are our options? Like, are we going to be tied to, um, and we were in ministry as well for a season. You know, there was a time when Nathan was no longer teaching and we were working full time in a, in a ministry and it was like, we didn't get to have choices. We were being controlled. And if somebody else is writing your check, then you are servant to that. We knew that freedom was the way that God wanted to. That's where he was calling us to, because we wanted to be able to have ministry and do things without ever having to ask or write letters or raise funds. And so part of our vision was like, if it's not entrepreneurship, then what else is there? And if we don't do this, then what? And so it's going to be hard whether we stay in this controlled environment where we've got, you know, our life is being determined for us, or we can pay the price of a vision, which both I think are equally hard. and, And, you know, the Bible talks about how hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think that's where so many believers are right now. And, I can speak firsthand just talking to women across the board. There's depression and hope deferred, and they've set their dreams and their visions aside. And But that's not the way God intended us to live.
0: There's a lot in what you just said. Mm-hmm. You've got a 10-year horizon now that you've been in this. Mm-hmm. Help me understand, when did you start seeing the super on top of the natural in terms of the, the company growth and the product line growth? What happened?
1: So the product line was consistent over like from farmer's market days, I was recognizing like, okay, soap, and then got to have lotion, but you got to make a lotion that doesn't look like everyone else's lotion. And then there's all these other products. But the, the real success happened when I was asking the question again of, okay, Lord, I've built a foundation here of serving people well, creating results with amazing products. I was, I had like a a budding brand. I wasn't just a product line, like I had a brand that we could build on. So when we went online, it took me another year to sort of crack the online digital marketing code cuz how do you take a a business where you've been standing in front of people, letting them smell and try your stuff, and how do you translate that to an online presence and, and then how do you just make the whole online marketing thing work all together?
0: How did you do that?
1: So I was asking the question of who what, who's doing what I want to do? And where is there a mentor that I can learn from who's created a blueprint for scaling an e-commerce business online? And so I found an amazing, it's probably one of the top digital marketing minds in the world, discovered his material. I started researching and just reading and, and testing and trying new things. And he talked about like, if you do this framework here, this video and, and to create a sales video and, you know, in this way with the sequence, like if you do this every week for a year, you'll make a million dollars. <laughs> and I thought, okay, there came a point where, and this is I think too part of faith, when you talk about, you know, faith-based stories and faith is is not hope. It's it's not, you know, just belief. It's it's action. And so there comes a point in every great success story where you have to take a great risk. And usually by the time you take that risk, you've been prepared to take it. So when God asks you to jump off a cliff or when you're ready to do that, you're like, I've already seen God perform in these, in these small and mighty ways. Yeah. I know he's going to perform again. And so we came to a point where we were like, okay, it's either all in with this digital marketing strategy or it's nothing like we're, I'm done. If we're, if we can't make this work, <laughs> then I'm, and I know that we wouldn't have been done, but so Nathan quit his job, his, it was a dream teaching, coaching, wrestling job I gave up all my contracts at the farmer's market and we had like 90 days before our last paycheck was going to run out. And I was doing these like live videos and creating my website and my funnels and my email, my sequences and doing all the things I was learning and applying myself. And, and here's where like you put the effort in with like, you use your mind. God has given us an, an incredible mind to learn and, and do really cool things and then the faith part of it was like, okay, I'm trying all these things. Obviously I'm missing something here because my ads are not working. My website like is not converting. Where am I missing it? You know? I was standing at the, I remember at the stove. I had my nine-month-old baby on my hip and I'm stirring this soup. And I had gone to the grocery store that day and was like crying in the grocery aisle because I couldn't afford to buy cheese. And the poor grocery guy's like are you okay? (laughs) I'm just like, no, I can't buy cheese. And so I'm standing there at the stove and I just remember being like, okay, God, you said that you would supply all of our needs according to your glorious Richard. I'm doing the work. What? Where am I missing it? And I remember pouring my heart out. With that scripture, and I got to the point where I was becoming like fierce in my declaration. I was like, God, you said (laughs) that you would do this. You said you would supply. I need wisdom. Show me where I'm missing it. And sure enough, it's three o'clock in the morning. He woke me up. And he said, it's the beeswax. And there was this aspect in this video that I was creating that had three secrets and a big domino and this main idea where all you build all of your other sort of sales building blocks with this one idea. And I was like, oh my gosh, how come I didn't think of this like a year ago? And this is where it's like so many times we think that God's ways are super complicated, but they're a 100% always simple, not always easy, but they're always very simple. And I I sat down at the drawing board again with my my scripting and my video with this new wisdom and literally recorded the video again. It was like the hundredth time. Sent it off to a friend who's doing our ads for us. We were like, okay, let's pray over this thing because if it's not like I've got three weeks left before we have no money. And sure enough, it was September 10th of 2017. We did a thousand dollar day and then we had done. One hundred thirty thousand in our first six weeks and then we had done oh man i'm always i always cry when i tell this part of the story it's still so raw but and then we crossed the eight figure mark in less than um two and a half years
0: you went from a thousand dollar day and in two and a half years you've crossed the 10 million dollar mark in sales how awesome is that
1: i know i know well the first thing i did with that thousand dollar day was all i did i went grocery shopping and i didn't look at any price tags like that was my number one goal was I want fruit on the table and kombuchas. Nathan and I call them tasty bees, like tasty beverages, you know, the expensive ones that you (laughs) never buy. And I just filled the fridge and it was the most glorious celebration of, oh my gosh, even if we did this, all all I care now is that we, our family is, we were doing this thing, you know, it's like, it's happening. The hockey stick growth Mm -hmm. of just, All those years.
0: You circle back to that one idea you got at three in the morning where the Lord Mm -hmm. said, it's the beeswax. Mm -hmm. And what did that mean to you when you heard that?
1: Yeah, because my question was, what's the big domino? What's this big idea that I can build my three secrets around in this sort of video framework, this marketing video? And I couldn't figure it out. I had written down. I mean, And you can actually go back to some of my original videos. And I didn't take them down but they're super awkward. And I was horrible on video and my message wasn't like connecting. I just knew I was missing this sort of main key piece. And so it was like, okay, there's my big domino. Hello, Jamie. Why? (laughs) I didn't, I think of that.
0: So is that a critical component in a lot of your products?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot of the story and there's so much more. I mean, that's another thing. Like you have a business and there's, layers and moving parts and you have layers to the story. But you know, the fact that we don't import bleached and denatured beeswax, we work with small local. US-based and mostly Colorado-based apiaries were one of the largest purchasers of, of farm fresh beeswax in the state of Colorado now. It's a really cool story because I'm all for like the farmer. We don't haggle prices. We pay them well and we want these guys to do well. There's like a bee crisis right now too. So the story is fitting for, for what's going on in the world right now.
0: So you've hit this $10 million mark. What's next? What's God stirring in you?
1: That's a great question. So it was in 2015. And I I remember like, because we were in ministry, I would talk to women. And I was the, the resounding theme was depression, just unrest, a lack of like joy in motherhood. And I thought, man, some of the leadership in this ministry we were working for, they were like, Jamie, your only job should be wife and mom. Like, women shouldn't be out like building businesses and and I remember feeling so like God. That can't be. That can't be your message for women. And so I sat down one day and I said, "Just show me the most powerful women in Scripture and your design for femininity." And He showed me Mary, quiet, gentle spirit who births the Savior. He He showed me um, Esther who was royalty and saved a nation and the Proverbs 31 woman. And as I, as he's, He was taking me on this journey through Scripture, I just was like awakened to. His design for femininity, which looks nothing like the feminism, you know, the feminist movement. It's amazing how the enemy loves to come and just and pervert things. And so, in 2015, the Her Effect was birthed in my heart. I was it was going to be the Esther Effect, but the Her Effect was, you know, broader and and so over the last five years, I've just been sort of underground building this message and this training system for women to teach them. To do what I've done. And so between changing our skincare company over into a social selling business model, and then having the Her Effect, which is a training system for developing women to be profitable in business and successful in the home and really activated in, in all the different areas that God has created them to be activated in. The next step ultimately is unleashing other women to find fulfillment as wives and mothers and in entrepreneurship and everything else that god has placed in them to come alive
0: the her effect
1: Mm -hmm.
0: was birthed in 2015
1: Mm -hmm. you've been
0: quietly building these components to help women understand how to build a business and follow basically the map that you followed right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what's happened as a result of this now and the women that you're touching how are they coming into that funnel so to speak
1: It's really cool because we've had a website up. We've been growing an email list. And the first real Facebook community is opening up this week. And then within the MIG world, a lot of our content and training is powered by the her effect. And so um, I'm getting messages daily from women who are like, hey, I was able to go and buy groceries without being (laughs) worried about the price tag. Or one girl said for like three years, she and her husband were planning this to fix their home. And like, they were able to fix it in a matter of a couple weeks now after years of trying to scrape money up. So just seeing the financial breakthroughs, because to me, I think about it's almost impossible to change the world when you can't pay your bills. And um, if you've ever been in a situation where you couldn't breathe, like if you've ever been like suffocated or drowning, when you don't have oxygen, you think about it a lot. And it's the same way with finances. When, When you're so consumed with trying to live day to day, it's almost impossible to be focused on the things that God really wants us to be focused on. And so by giving these tools and equipping people to get the financial breakthrough, all these other areas in their life are breaking free now, too. I feel like that's kind of my thing right now is a catalyst for financial breakthrough because... I think that the body of Christ has been robbed in that area for far too long, and God wants us to be the head and not the tail, and He wants us to be, you know, lenders to nations and borrowing from none, and and we've lost that identity, but I'm here to bring it back.
0: (laughs) Right on. What's the format that the training takes?
1: Right now, it's more live videos and Facebook groups, but we're kind of in that building phase, the next level of using a a software platform where we can have modules and, and that kind of training. And then, um, actually I have a group of women flying out and we're going to do a two day intensive and we're going to plan like this whole mobilization of the movement where we're going to start doing live events and tours and so that we can bring the message like to cities that you don't have to live choosing between motherhood and being a wife and being an entrepreneur that God wants to God wants to bring it all together in a way that is like the way that He designed it. Um, so, events and Facebook group, and then this new software platform.
0: What's one action step that you would like to leave with our listeners?
1: The very first thing is to sit down and write the vision out and make it plain. It's funny, as I've been like organizing my office, I found an old journal and I wrote down all these things that I wanted to accomplish years and years ago. And I looked at it and I was like, I didn't even go back to that list to scratch, just like check, check these off. Yeah. I can check them off now. And I'm like, I took the time. I've always at every season taken the time to sit down and write the vision and make it plain. And, and then the key thing is, is to have a plan Cause you don't want to just go out and like scatter your seeds everywhere. Like a farmer always plans his crops, right? They take the time to write it out and don't have boundaries. Don't think, well, that's, I'm, I'm thinking too big here. So once you write the vision out, then create a strategy and map out your plan and then take action and action creates clarity, action cures fear and stop learning and, and thinking and waiting and just start doing once you have that plan in place and you'll learn And make mistakes along the way, but that's part of the process.
0: I love what you said about clarity. It comes with action. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's uh, the old adage, you can't guide a parked vehicle or a ship that's (laughs) sitting at harbor, right? (laughs) Right, (laughs)
1: Right. I know. But the fear of stepping out is real. But the only way to, to really cure that fear is to just get out there and do something.
0: How can people get in touch with you?
1: Thank you for asking. I think probably the best starting point is just to plug into the podcast, um, the Her Effect podcast, and there's all kinds of like calls to action from that point on. Of course, we have the website, but that's actually another way that I'm doing a lot of educating and training and just shifting identity is on the podcast. So it's probably the best place. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes.
0: Okay, great. I'd love to ask for you to pray for our listeners before we finish up here.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, I would love to. Be honored. Father, we thank you for this tribe and this community of people who have a heart for you. I pray, Father, that that you would give them wisdom to stir up hunger. God, that you would speak to them and give them divine revelation and direction as they pursue your path for them. Father, give them courage and boldness as they do what you've called them to do. And in the midst of the struggle, Lord, that you would make their path straight and that you would make their arms strong, Father. And we know that you, we find shelter in the secret place, God. I would just pray that they would be reminded in this journey to abide in you and in that place find rest and, and true intimacy, Father, because out of that place comes abundance and, and fruit bearing. And Father, we just thank you that your word is true, that your word does not return void. And we just, We declare right now a divine revelation over all the entrepreneurial spirits here who would desire to create and build something, God, and do it for your glory. And we just thank you for your word and for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.